This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Everybody, good evening. Welcome back. So last week I wasn't here. I was in Eretz Yisrael. It was my father's yard site. Um, I left here, and Tuesday afternoon I got there Wednesday morning. No, not Wednesday morning. Wednesday. And then Wednesday night I gave a shear in Ramat Beit Shemesh. I don't think there was a camera there. I gave a shir Ramat Beit Shemesh. Amazing people Ramat Beit Shemesh. Beautiful. It was a shir just for men. There was a lot of people there. It was, a, it was a Gishmak. It was the beginning. First shir, Lili Nish was my father. Thursday morning I gave a shir in Rabbi Senta's yeshiva. It was also amazing. They're um, giving up. They don't have phones. They don't have, they don't have uh, smartphones. If you have a smartphone or Senta's yeshiva, you're out. Out and he doesn't want you back. But they're doing a project now where when they come back from Pesach in the summer for the year, if they leave their phones there, they get 500 bucks. So I went to speak to give them chizuk to leave their smartphones. So when they go to America, pretty cool. For Pesach, and they go to America in the summer, no smartphones. It's all on Torah anytime. And we want to thank Torah anytime. Wherever I went, they were there. Amazing. And then, so that was my second year. And then, my third year was in, that afternoon in Medrash, Medrash Shmuel, out of hand. That place is out of hand. It was amazing. Amazing. They cheer. When you give a share, they cheer. And then, so that was my third year. My fourth year was, my fourth year was, in the yeshiva, they made a seum for my father. That was, it, that was Thursday night. Thursday night was, um, Thursday night was the yard site Yud Zayin Shvat. Then I flew to Manchester. England, actually I flew to London, then I took a train to England, interesting, I'm sitting on a train, what, From no, I landed in London, so they took a 3 o'clock flight in the morning, AM, to Luton, Luton in London, the other airport, not Heathrow, but Luton, um, they had a 3.15 out of, out of 3.15 AM in the morning, um, so I had to take that because my father's yard site, so. I went to London, I davened in London, I took a train, they have a very fast train from London to Manchester, and that was two hours, we got to Manchester, and then we had Shabbaton, Friday night, we had a shear, Shabbos morning, we had a shear, Shabbos, we had a shear, Monday Shabbos, we had a shear, Sunday morning in Manchester, I had a shear for a beautiful yeshiva, 12 boys in the yeshiva, but really beautiful boys. And then I went to London on Sunday. And Sunday night I gave a share to Hatsala London West. Hatsala West, whatever. It was interesting. I was, on the, I was on the train and the guy comes around with drinks. So he said, could I get a seltzer? A what? I'm like, a seltzer. I don't know what that is. Um... How about a club soda? What? I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere, guys. So I said, water. 
with bubbles. He goes, a fizzy? <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> a fizzy. And then if you ask them for soda, they don't know what you're talking about. Okay, seltzer, club soda. Water with fizz. They call it a fizzy. <laughs> and they don't call soda soda. If you say, can I get a glass of soda, they don't know what you're talking about. Can I get a glass of pop? They call it pop. So I was like this lost American, you know, in England. But anyway, Torah was good. The Ruchdis was good. The people are amazing. Manchester, there was so Macavell and London. Hatzala had a packed house. Um, I think it's called Hatzala Northwest. And Baruch uh, Hashem, we're back to the boys in America. Miss Eretz Yisrael, though. We miss Eretz Yisrael. All right. And these are the Mishpat that you should put in front of them. He sick the Ebed Ivri if you will buy an Ebed Ivri because he stole and he can't pay back. Six years he works. The seventh year he goes out to free. So all the the Kabbalah Svarim right on this and it's talking about a human being in this world. You come down at Shivim Shana, right? Six years you work. The seventh, you sort of go to Shemayim. You go free. If you came to the world empty by yourself, everybody comes to the world by themselves. You ain't got nothing on. I don't know what this FFB baloney is about from from birth. You see a kid born with filling sitters in the Amica? It's from from birth. What does that mean? Oh, really? A lot, a lot of kids, like, they, they don't like to dive in. I did. Like, when I was three years old, I put it in the Amka and I made a blessing before a shop. That's pretty big. Beautiful. I hope you still, I hope you still like that. Hope you didn't lose that. Right? So, you come in alone, you go out alone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You could come in alone and go out alone. You're going to come in alone, that's for sure. But the question is, will you go out alone, right? It's very scary. You come to this world alone. No matter who you marry, whatever it is, you're alone. You have Hashem, of course. But you're alone. Then you go to the next world. You get Din B'Cheshben alone. You go to Gehenna alone or Ganeidin alone, right? Except if you did Tyre Mitzvahs, then you're not alone. Isha is like the Tyra. If you learn Tyra, you hear? You don't go out alone. Tyra goes with you. Who's your best Tyra? Who's your best friend? The Tyra stands up before you, not anyone else. So I told him a sentence, Yeshiva. There was always a Kittrig, there was always a prosecuting angel. Right? But now there's a new one. It's called a smartphone. And he gets up after a person dies and he gets up in front of Hashem or on Rosh Hashanah Kippur and he says, Adis, how many minutes you were on, what movies you were watching, what you did on WhatsApp, all the things you weren't supposed to look at. Yeah, the iPhone's going to look at you. Remember me? Remember how much time you gave me? Remember how, how little time you gave everyone else? Yeah, it's, it's the capturing that, right? So if you come into the world with a phone, you go out with no phone. If you don't come into the world with a phone, so people are busy with their phones the whole time, but you can't take your phone with you. 
right? It was a story, I don't know, some guy said over that he was walking through a graveyard and he freaked out, freaked out of his head. His whole, he almost fainted. He heard from the ground the phone ringing. Someone, they buried him with his phone. He wanted to be buried with his phone. And someone didn't know he was dead. So they called and it was ringing. That, that's scary, you know? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Of the Verizon? No, it wasn't the cave of the Lubavitcher. No, and it wasn't the cave of the other guy who, who created Apple either. He wanted to be buried with his phone, and no one knew. Some people didn't know he died, so they called him. The guy that was walking through the graveyard, he was freaking out. His phone's ringing from under earth. Put his ear down to hear what was going on, like Kairach. And the phone was ringing. All right, I hope it took a message. Anyway... We know the battery won't last long. It's an apple, so don't worry about it. Right. If the Evet says, You're an Evet! Who are you an Evet to, Rabbi? Who are you an Evet to? Satan! Oh, if you're an avid to the Satan, what's going to happen? Oh, half these are doing neighbors, Ishtibes, Banai. I like all my stuff. I like my master, the Satan. You're never going to be free. Freedom is loving Hashem, not loving the master of disaster, not loving all the things in your life. So what do you do, guys? What do you do if the master is the satan? What would you do, Rabbi? What would you do? What do you do? What happens if you're never one of these guys who's a, who's addicted? Right? The master is the drugs. The master is the girl. The master is the gambling. The master is the drugs. What do you do? Boys, what do you do? You all sleeping? I should be sleeping. I'm on London time. It's 4.25 in the morning. I'm very jet-lagged. No? What do you do if the Sutton is your master? People sent me an email this week. Some lady sent me an email. It would be much nicer if you wouldn't yell at your shiurim. That's what she wrote. Why are you always yelling? So I sent back an email, just turn down the volume, right? And I'm not yelling. Turn it down, I'm not yelling, right? So for that young lady, I'm just telling you, I'm banging and yelling because I'm very excited. What do you do if the Satan is your master? What's with you guys? You didn't listen to the laning this week. You didn't listen to the Monday yesterday, Tosheni. What were you doing? No, before you pierce his ear. Higisho Adonov El Holokim. Bring him to Hashem. Higisho Zadelas, I am a Zuzo. Rota Dorovazazna, make a hole in his ear, not in his ear, in his earlobe. Why in his earlobe? Because he didn't listen on, on Harsinai. Hashem said, What's this business? 
if you stole money and you couldn't pay. So Bezos tells you, we understand, you have to go to work, you have to make the money to pay it back. But now, you have a chance to be free. Instead, you say, no, I, 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 I don't have... Who has a moon in Hashem? The, the guy who has a nine-to-five job or the guy who was a businessman? The guy who has a nine-to-five job, I mean, they have a moon, but not on that level because they get paid every week, they do their 40 hours, they get their check, have a good day. The businessman, he loses the stock market, went down 150 points today, went up 500, I mean, 1,500 points today, went up 500 points. People who are in business, you have a good day, you have a bad day, you have a good day, you have a bad day, right? So the person who's on his own and on his freedom, the Gemara says, who has the biggest moon in Hashem? Sailors. Sailors. Why? Because the wind goes this way, the wind goes that way, you're in trouble. Who else? Farmers. If the down to Hashem, it should rain. You should down to Hashem. There's no locusts. You should down to Hashem. No, bu- no animals or bugs destroy your crop. Because you're, huh? You would say they had the, what the most what emuna? I said the Israeli. I heard what you said. You say, are you saying they had the most emuna? They have to. Why? Because right before the Six Day War, they had to clear the whole field where the Egyptians. But maybe they think they thought that it was the Israeli army and the plane and the jet and the technology. Maybe they didn't think it was Hashem. Yeah, a farmer. A farmer, a farmer has no technology. It has to rain. If it don't rain, he doesn't have product. As the bugs come and attack him, and if the you're right. They have a muna, but but if you connect to technology, it's a little bit less. Who here knows the bug that eats cotton? What is it called? Bull weaver. When I was a kid, I never forgot that. It's even people who grow cotton, right? If a bull weaver, if the bull weavers get into your cotton, you're finished. And they spread all over the place. So yeah, so, so, so this guy is saying, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be Shemich and Hashem. I don't want to down for Panosa. I want to get a job where the guy pays me and that's it, finished. I don't have to worry about anything. He gives me a wife and I have children, he gives me food, he gives me clothing, he gives me everything. He's not connected to Hashem that much. Businessman. Connected to Hashem much more. Okay? Alright, now. Now, I would like to tell you about a safer that a very big, a very unbelievable listener on Torah anytime in Montreal said to me, Reverend Wallstein, I listened to you for years. You need to learn to read the safer. Boys, whoever's watching this, it's called Safer to Ferris Lemosha. I have never read a more important safer in my life. Every question today that we ask, why does Hashem create the world? All the questions are in this Sefer, not normal. And I have decided that we are going to learn the Sefer, even though I, usually you all fall asleep when I look inside. And today, I hope you don't, because we even just start the Hagdama. I have never, I don't talk like this, right? It's the first of Moshe, written by, written by, in fact, I would like to offer him to have it translated into English and pay for it because it's not a normal... It's mamish. Anyone who's in care of anyone's in anything, you have to learn the safer. It's written by Ramesh Zev HaKain. Cats. Okay? It was written three years ago. 
You in California? Okay, listen carefully. The Iker of this Sefer, in Yane Chizik, it's in Yane Chizik. If you could learn, translate Lashon HaKadosh, you must go out and buy this. It's a four-volume four set. You will not put it down. You will not put it down. We must get this translated into English. This is bigger than the Kavayashu. This is bigger than anything I've ever read. It's for our generation. For our generation. Okay? He says, the idiot of this Sefer is to give you Chizik and the Vaidas of a person to Hashem. That every Jew has in his hands in the strength to go up um, by the Madrakers. Okay. I don't want to go through the whole Hagdama. Everything that's holy needs chizik. Imuna needs a big chizik. The nature of people who they don't think about imuna that much. There's many good people in many yeshivas. They listen to drashos. And they learn about chizik in Hasmada of Torah. They teach them midos. They teach them how to fix your midos. Hashadram elohim and They're very important. The 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 foundation of of the of Judaism is emuna. You can't you can't do this with a a weak emuna. You don't even realize how far you are. Okay. I just want to... Oh man, is this true? Kimi she'en yodeya, she'en yodeya, a person that doesn't know that he doesn't know, follow this, a person who doesn't know that he doesn't know, Kolayma, Shadim Shenudeya, a person who doesn't know Afilu Eno Maki Bakak Shenudeya, he doesn't even recognize that he doesn't know. Huzeh Shenichsha Beemis Kenudeya, he ends up being an Enudeya, like the, the fourth son. A person could live in the world of Dimyon. What's Dimyon in English? Fantasy. Shekeilo, right. Koylechu Bederach Emes, he thinks that he's doing a great job, he's going Bederach Emes. He doesn't have to think about Hashem. All right. Right, and that's why this safer is so, 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 so important. Listen to this. He mamish writes for our generation. You have to get the safer. Learn it with a chavrusa. He says, Metzias in our generation, Enohi. A person can be born FFB. He was born in a house of Shemit Mitzvahs. And he went to Yeshiva. And he lived among people who are Shemit Mitzvahs. It should be giving you happiness. He should be happy that he's Shemit Mitzvahs. It's not the truth. It's the truth. This is mamish for our generation. That there are many people, they go to shul, they dive in, they put on tefillin, and they learn. And they're in yeshiva. And this is what we're all talking about in Chinuch. Right? 
He says, It's not only that they don't look like they're happy. They're not happy at all. Not even a drop of simcha. The opposite. They're depressed. And they're bitter. Their life has no life. We're talking about this everywhere. We're talking about this. As their kids keeping, they're davening, what you call davening. They're going to yeshiva, they're learning, they have no connection to Hashem. And they're not happy. Kid told me this, kid told me in, in England, he said, I'll tell you a story that happened in England. So I went out at one o'clock at night, um, Sunday night, and I, 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 I hung out with a bunch of street kids from, in, in London. We went out to eat. We're talking, and they're like, I don't go for the whole thing, I don't go for the whole thing, I don't like it. So I told them my story, you know my story with the, with the, with the oil? So a lot, of, a lot of people that I meet, they're like, I'm a good Jew, I give tzedakah. I'm a good Jew. Where does it say that you have to keep all these mitzvahs to make you a Jew? You get this all the time. So these kids were like, you got a rabbi from, you know, from America, Rabbi Wallstein. So they let me, they let, they let me have it. So, he said, who says, who says I have to eat kosher and all this stuff? I believe in Hashem. And, eh, I guess ch- tzedakah, whatever. So I said, I'll tell you the story. Very important story. So many, so I, my, my Yetzirah is, fa- is cars. As you guys know, I love fast cars. My Yetzirah, it's an expensive Yetzirah. So many years ago, when it just first came out, there's an engine called, that Cadillac makes, it's called the V. Right, V power, very powerful engine. And when it first came out, I um, I went to the Cadillac dealer on Kings Highway, and they had what's called the STSV, the only car of its kind, supercharged STSV. So I came in there, and and the Cadillac itself was about, if you wanted to just lease a regular Cadillac STS, let's say it was four hundred ninety nine dollars. You want to if you want to lease an STSV. It's $999, double the price. So I walked in, I looked at this car. The wheels are this big, this wide. And they're advertised that at 70 miles an hour, if you have a flat, you can go 70 miles an hour on the flat. Just a cool car. So zero, zero to 60 in, I think, 3.6 seconds. Top speed, 185 miles an hour. I was like, this is my car. This is my car. So, I go over to the guy, the salesman, and um, I said, I'd like to lease the SDSV. He looks at me, and he says, why? I said, zero to 60, and 185 miles an hour, that's, that's talking to me. He says, but where do you live? In the mountains? I said, no, in Brooklyn. He goes, where are you going 185 miles an hour in Brooklyn? I'm like, you're right. He goes, and the, the, the place is on Kings Highway, the dealership. He says, and you can't, you know, zero to 60, we're going to do it, you know, from one light to the other. You're going to get a ticket. Like he says, it's not really a car for a guy who lives in the city. And the wheels are very tough also. It's like a t- you feel every bump. It's not for a pothole. It's a very low car. So he looks at me and says, you sure you want this? I can, I can get you the regular STS for half. I look at him and I'm like, you got to understand me. I said, I will never do 185 miles an hour. That's for sure. Zero to 60, I don't know if I'll, I get a chance to do that. 
But I want to know that if I want to, I could. So I got to have it. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you how fast I was going because everyone listens to my show and they'd be like, oh, the kids are going to do it now. I was going fast on the Garden State Parkway. And of course, it was, a, it was like the second day out with this car. State trooper, Jersey trooper pulls me over. I'm like, I am cooked. In those days, there was no PBA, these PBA cars that didn't exist, whatever it was. I am so cooked because the speed I was going was, yeah. Anyway, so he comes over to the window. He goes, license registration. I said, sir, that's not my fault. I, I just got this car. I just touched the gas pedal, and the thing's flying. He says, is this a V? I'm like, yeah. He goes, open the hood. The minute I said that, I knew I was off. Open the hood. He looks at the engine. I guess he knew cars, whatever it is. They also have supercharged cars with troopers. He goes, wow, what a baby. I'm like, he closes the hood. He says, be careful, son. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. But anyway, thank God. I would have been, been in crazy trouble. Anyway, um, what? No, he was so like, wow. He's like, just slow it down, slow it down. Try to slow it down. I'm like, okay. Um, So anyway, so I had it for about a year and a half. And uh, Thursday night, I'm going to go up to the mountain. So I go to a gas station to fill up with gas. And the, the oil light goes on. This thing burns the velocity. The engine is... A 595 horsepower engine on a car. So it's a high-velocity engine. Burns oil. So um, I pull in, and there's a Pakistani guy behind the glass. And I'm like, I need oil. He says, what kind of oil do you want? I'm not making any accent. No jokes. He says, what kind of oil? I said, we got. He puts out eight bottles of oil. A red one, a gold one, a black one, a Texaco. I think it was a Texaco. I I'm like, SW110, SW150, SW with that. And then a gold bottle. They're all like $4, $5, and that's like $12. I'm like, what's that? He goes, synthetic oil. I'm like, I know something about cars. The high-velocity cars, that's the oil they use. Synthetic oil, not the regular oil from the ground, but the one that the human made. I said, okay, give me five bottles. It's an eight, it's an eight, eight quarts of oil in that, in that engine. I'll buy five bottles. So... I take the five bottles, I pay him. All of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder. You never heard this story? This is a crazy story. I get a tap on my shoulder. Yo, you Jewish man? I'm like, yeah. Yo, you rabbi? I'm like, yeah. Ain't rabbi smart? I'm like, supposed to be? Why are you guessing about your oil? I was sitting, I'm standing behind you. Why are you guessing? Look at that baby you driving, man. Why are you guessing? I'm like, I don't know what oil I got to put in. He says, you smart rabbi, you don't know what to do? I'm like, I know synthetic oil is used for high-velocity engines. He goes, well, man, you got a glove compartment. You open up that glove compartment, and you take out your manual. You see, GM built your car. And in the manual, it will tell you what kind of oil to buy. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Such a long sham. Like, what are you guessing? You have a manual. 
So I opened the glove compartment. I said, thank you. Put the, put the oil on the chair, on the seat, you know, opened the glove compartment, took it out, went to the back, to the index glossary, oil, page 16B, 16B, there's a box. Warning, remember it like today, warning, a little fire look like whatever, warning, do not use synthetic oil, can cause combustion in engine and result in explosion. So, I take the oil back, because I had the wrong oil. And it says, use SW110, whatever it was. And I want to thank the guy, right? He's gone. So I'm like, sure, it was a malach. Saved my life. So I said to the Pakistani, was there a guy behind me? <laughs> he probably thought I was smoking up, I don't know. But I'm asking him, right? Was there a guy, was there a guy behind me when I bought the oil, whatever it was, and I was talking to him? He goes, yeah, he just drove off. I'm like, okay, not a malach. Just a guy. But anyway, saved my life. Or saved my car. Imagine going up Route 17 with synthetic oil and your engine blows up and then there's 590 horses running all over the street. <laughs> they used to be in your engine and now they're on the highway, right? So I have all these kids. It's 1 o'clock at night in London town, right? It's called the White House. It's a restaurant that's open to 1, right? And I have all these kids around me. White uh, Castle? Not White Castle. That's Trafe. Called White House. <laughs> so anyway, so I have all these kids around me. Okay, guys, listen to me. Listen to me, boys. We are Jews. We have a Jewish engine. It's called a neshama. Hashem doesn't want you want you to guess what kind of oil you put in that neshama. So in the glove compartment, which is the Arnak Kodesh, there's a Torah, and the Torah tells you every part of your or every part of the car. What it needs, the plugs, the oil, the gas. I said, the same thing with the gas. My car says you have to use 93, 93 octane. But 89 octane is 50 cents less. doesn't matter. 89 octane is maybe for a Honda Civic. But for, your, for, a, for a Range Rover, you have to use 93. It says it straight up. But it's gas, and that's gas. You're right. But they built it. Land Rover built it. They know what kind of gas you have to have. So I said to the boys, I said... You want to use this. You want to do that. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do this. You're right. Your car's going to blow up. And if you don't change your oil when you're supposed to, your car's going to blow up. You're going to burn your engine out. It's going to stop. Right? So I said, guys, Hashem gave us a manual. He didn't say, figure out what it means to be a Jew. You could, if you could eat chazah, but you could give tzedakah, you're a Jew. No, that's not what it says. It says, I'm giving you a brand new car. You're born? You're coming out of the dealership. Right? You're coming out of the dealership. Everything's new. Shama's new. The body's new. Everything's new. Shabbat <coughs> says, here's a manual. Tells you what to eat, how to sleep, how to talk, what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say, what you're allowed to listen to. So that, when you come after 120 years, right, with the car that you had for 120 years, then the Shama, which is the car, you return it in perfect shape. But if you're going to decide what to put in the car. So I said, let me explain it to you even better. Let's say, I opened up the book. And I said, and it said, do not use synthetic oil. And I'm like, what do they know what kind of oil I should use? I'm putting in synthetic oil. I watched racing cars. They use synthetic oil. And my car blows up on Route 17. You'd say, Rabbi. 
I'm not coming to your class anymore. You, you read it and you destroyed a $95,000 car. What's wrong with you? And I would say, I decided, right? I said to the kids, am I an idiot? They all said, yes. I said, thank you. Now we understand each other, right? I said, I'm an idiot. The, the, the manual told me what to do and I didn't listen to it. There's something wrong with me. I said, no, I had a better idea. They say, I want to upgrade my STS, GM. I want to use my friend's Mercedes-Benz manual. That's a good car. I'm going to use that oil. I'm going to use his spark plugs. I'm going to use his fam- his belts. You can't. You can't put a Mercedes uh, spark plugs in a GM car. Because GM built the GM car. And, and they gave you a manual on how to use the car. You can't decide on your own what you want to do. You want to put orange juice in the engine? It's done. But orange juice is liquid and that is liquid, right? No. So I said to these boys, I said, if Hashem left it up to us, I agree with you. I want to do this thing, but I don't want to do that thing. I, I, I'll, put, I'll, wear, I'll wear film, but I'm not going to put on scissors. No. It tells you, like the manual. You ever seen the manual of a car? Of a good car? It's this thick. It's this thick. I said, one day I'll give a share that we're like a car. Warning lights, the whole the whole business. What's you know, but, but La Maisa, that was my story. It's a true story. That's what happened. So of course I gave him back and I, and I paid half the money for the oil, and my car did never blew up. So so a person has to go by what it says. Hashem gave us a manual. Now a guy has a different engine. He's not Jewish. So he has seven mitzvahs. It's a different engine. He works on seven mitzvahs, and if he keeps those seven mitzvahs, they're called Noahides. They did what they were supposed to do. So that's very important. So that was my share that night at 1 o'clock. Oh, did I wake up the next morning not feeling well? Can't eat at 1 o'clock when you're my age. Especially burgers. Had a burger. You look like a burger. I said, I said, I'll have a burger. It's not fair with this, this whole accent business. So unfair. Rabbi Rieti gives a share in Ornava, right? The girls come out. They're like, wow, Rabbi Walsh, you should have been there. Wow. I'm like, what did he say? I don't know, but he has such a great accent. <laughs> Guys come from South Africa, from England, they speak. Everyone's like, whoa, right? So I figured I'll go to England, I'll speak, right? America, I'll speak with my accent. They'll love me. They hate American accents. They're like, what did you say? What did you say? I said club soda. Fizzy. Okay. Anyway, fizzy. Can you imagine saying that? Can you imagine walking up New York to some store in the middle of Manhattan? Can I get a fizzy? The guy's like, get out of my store. <laughs> get a fizzy? Like, what are you saying? Like, right? Seltzer's like a, I don't know what that sounds like in England. Anyway, it was good. But anyway, you hear what I'm saying? There's a manual. That's for the lady that doesn't like me screaming. There's a manual that I put in front of you. Open it up and read it. And you're going to have zero to 80 in two seconds. Okay? Let's go on. But you hear what he's saying here? He says there are guys that are learning and diving and they're depressed. This is what's going on. I love this safer. It's a man. They're angry. They have no life. They have no simchasachayim. But they're keeping the Torah. Who listen to this? Guys, a girl asked me this week. Asked me this question. I said, I said, Kivit of Aim is Tolly, is, is Tolly, because I'm writing the Sefer, 
in, in Hakar Satayv. And she said, I don't want to live. I have a miserable life. So why do I owe Hakar Satayv to my parents? Hakar Satayv, they brought me to this world. I hate it. I want out. Shailam is active. They ask themselves, Why should I be happy that you gave me a gift of life? You hear, you hear how today this is? If you look at their face, they look dead. Because inside they are dried up. Totally. From the moisture of Simcha. They're like dried bones. And from that you can see that in their hearts there is no life about being a Jew. They have no feelings towards Yiddishkeit. You would think I'm talking about big stuff, right? He says, I'm not talking about here, I'm not talking about being great and having the simple doing a mitzvah. They have, they're, they're missing the ikr of Yahadus. They don't have true life. And you, it comes to the point that they think, oh, this is so unbelievable because this is what kids think. A religious Jew that keeps Torah mitzvahs has nothing to be happy about. And that's why he's always depressed. Because the, the laws of the Torah takes you away from enjoying the world. It looks like it takes you away from the happiness of being a Jew. These people live in a world of nothing. They ask themselves, why was I born? Why am I alive? What am I doing here? He sees no greatness in being a Jew. His heart hurts him. Why can't I enjoy the whole world? They don't understand why Judaism keeps him from all the Hana. All the enjoyment in this world. But, they, but these people are embarrassed to say how they really feel. To tell you what they feel. What they think. Because they think that this must be the thoughts of a kaifer. They don't want it. They're scared to ask their rabbi. They're scared to ask people, why do I feel that this is restrictive, and why am I not happy with the Torah and Mitzvahs? It's scared to ask that question. Because if you got up in school, you hear this safer? This is like so on. If you got up in school and you said, I feel that I'm trapped, I don't feel any happiness, that I'm a Jew, right? They're going to call you an Ishtame with Machshavah's Kvira. Well, am I saying, Lemonuchas Nefesh? But the truth is, he's not happy. He has these questions inside, and they hurt, and they take away from his peace. He doesn't find peace. He doesn't see anything that gives him simcha in his life. So here, I'm, I'm just skipping a little bit. 
the Davenu Nebuch Efshaliroi. Sometimes we see Anashim Elu. These people shall feel Kishbon the base Knesset b'Shabbos b'Yantiv. Even when they come to Shul on Shabbos and Yantiv, Elohim Shem Harigish l'Tfilu Ruchnius. Not interested in davening. They don't even know why they're there. They don't daven. They're talking during the whole davening. Sometimes they're yelling at their children who are davening. But they don't have any feelings. Now listen to this. This is heavy. How painful it is to see Avrechim, Kailo people, and older people, that they come to Shul, and they're talking the whole time. And when you yell at them, that they're disturbing. They don't understand what you want for them. That the hours that they have to sit in shul and daven is like hell. He's writing this. And the only reason they're there is because they don't want to burn. So they don't want to just sit there and do nothing. So they look for somebody to talk by davening. He says, these are good Jews. With good hearts, these guys who are talking. They would give their life to help someone else. Don't we know someone in Shul? He's the biggest Baal but he doesn't stop talking. How terrible it is that he didn't learn the, the Yisaitis of Judaism. Therefore, they don't know anything. They don't understand what it means. They have no connection between them and the prayer. And in the place that we scream at them, stop talking, we're much better if you taught them the importance of Judaism, understand that you say to do it. You can teach them the chashibas and the beauty of davening. And the beauty of a Jew, instead of telling them, sha, 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 stop talking, teach them the chashibas of a Jew who davens for Baruch Oy, 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 oy. Right, Hamikrim, in most times, ain't have a chumavreichim. The young people and the and the people who are learning halolam mazidim, they're not doing it on purpose. I feel like yishkaygim. They're not even doing it b'shaygeik. I will have mivchinas anusim. It's like they're forced, like oynes. We talked about elam layinu klimal etzim because they never learned. The etzim of Yehadis. They never learned it. They never learned the, the, the whole thing of what a moon is. He says, we're very interesting. The Balchuva is different. He says, Mitzad Hashani, Baruch Hashem, Bukhum, Abraham, Avila, Nashim, Mubarakim, Shigadu, Beis, the Bayat, Uvisivish, and Hashem, Mitzad, Mitzvah. These people, these young boys, or these older people, who were brought up in a house that was not Shemitari Mitzvah, nor was there Bali Tshuva. And they went to public school, or went to a school that's very far from Judaism. When they become Bali Tshuvas, with fire, 
Mamish kesh lahava, like a like a torch. Yishvim shevilu achas when so isha v'yeshlem based before him yiladim v'yeshlem and when they made heaven itzel makom shachalcha harei heim inside them oifan yaitzit type of kashrus. He says, and even if after they're married and they have a house and they have children and they have all the tanugei v'elam haza beim mehet to beim isha kam shachalcha harei heim inside them oifan yaitzit type of kashrus heim nisham kashrus mitzlachim because they heim oifan akomach shemrei yimachshav. Right, they had everything in the world. They had a wife and children and money and. And, and everything in the world, and then they were always when they left, everything they built till now, they only want one thing, to come back to God. They're ready, these people who were non from who had everything, they're willing to live a life of pain. So he asked a question, I don't understand. Why the from guy has no feelings towards the Yiddish guy, and the Alchuva has so much feelings. He says, "I don't understand why." Lama Eila Nashim Bechurim Avreichim. Why the people who were born from Bechurim and people who are married, right? Why don't they have the same Islavas that the Balchuva has? How come they don't have this Haragish that the Balchuva has? The Balchuva is ready to give up everything. Everything we have to live like a Jew. And the one who has Chinuch, the one who comes from a from family, what's going on? He doesn't feel it. He doesn't feel it. Well, how does Simon have the Balchuva? He says, there's many svaras. He says, but I think because the front person doesn't have the ikr of a mud and yadus. About tshuva, about tshuva, he never knew what a Jew is. He never felt like he's special, that he's part of the amshkulim. They never told him that every Jew has a connection with God. And he always looked at the Jew who kept the Torah mitzvah. He, the, the non-from person, looked at him when he wasn't from. He said, I have pity on these Jews. Because they're Jews, they lost everything from Elam They have no life. They're not happy. When he sees the MS, the Malchuva, Maza Yehudi, Maza Torah, Maza Mitzvah, he sees what the Jew is, what is Torah, what is Mitzvah, who is God? And the kasher between him and God, the connection between him and God that loves him. He realized that he's been living a life of fantasy and lies. He knows that he lived in darkness, right? But the one who's from, the one who's from, right? He doesn't realize that the other side is shaker. And he wants to, he wants to get from the other, they're coming to the Judaism because they realize that's the MS. And, 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 and the people who are not happy with the Yiddish guy, they think that the other side is, is, is the MS. Who mockers her arm is the MS when the, when the Malchuva sees the light and the MS. He's on fire. You see it all the time. He says, what makes a person, this is very interesting, boys, what makes a person happy inside? This is very important. What makes a person happy inside? This is when a person sees the truth, that's what, that's what gives you happiness.
when you know that you're living the truth. He says, and the Baal knows he's living the truth. Because he lived his whole life the Sheker, and now he's coming to the MS. And that's why he is very, very excited. Okay. There's one thing, I, I mean, this, we're going to learn some of it every week, but it's, it's not normal. So he says like this, and we'll leave with this, and we'll, we'll continue next week and other things, but he says like this. He said, that was a Hagdama. He says, call Yehudi Mekashallah is to give everyone chizik. Every Jew is connected to God, and no matter where he is. He says, call Yudea, everyone needs to know that this whole Sefer is written in the chizik Amuna. Shaykh Lachol Yehudi Every Jew has the power to have Amuna. No matter where he is, nisha A Jew is a Jew, no matter what the situation is. No Jew can take off and get rid of his soul. You can't run away from yourself. No matter where you go, you'll always be with your soul. No Jew can cut the strings that attach him to his father, Hashem. It's in the DNA of your soul. In Hashem's night, can't cut the. A child is always a chelik from his father. No matter where you find the feeling of Yerach if you go down all the way to the bottom, you go to the lowest part you can, it doesn't matter, you're still a child of a Baruch A husband and wife can get a divorce. You can't divorce your children. So a husband and wife are not always one. How do you know they're not always one? How do you know husband and wife is not one? Because they can get a divorce and there's two. So they were never really one. But you can't divorce your child. And therefore, your child is part of you. You, your wife, and Hashem, right? All, they're all part of you. You can't divorce your child. So it says in here, no matter where you go, you think you're going to run to the guy, you think you're going to marry a guy, you think you're going to eat tray, if you think you can run, you can't run. Why can't you run? Because your soul is in you. So no matter where you go, your soul is in you. You can't run. You know, at the same point, because Baruch can't divorce us, can't divorce his children. We're not his wife, we're his children. If it's Baramatam Hashem, Hashem can never get rid of you. He says, so no matter where you are, you're connected to Hashem. I'll end with this thought, which is an amazing thought, which maybe we'll look inside and we'll learn next week. He says the following. He says, how do you know that every Jew is good? No matter the worst Jew that does, that does Averis, he, every Jew is good. It's just something fascinating. He said, intrinsically, every Jew is good. He said, Did you ever hear of a Jew, any Jew, who did the worst Avera, make a su'uda, a party, celebrating the Avera? A mitzvah, listen carefully what I'm saying. You buy mitzvah, you make a su'uda. You finish a, a mesechta, you make a, you make a su'uda. A person does a big chesed for someone, you make a su'uda. You have a su'uda's haydah. No one ever said, guys, I'm making a big party tonight. What are you celebrating? 
I did the biggest sin that you can imagine today. It doesn't exist. No. You're not making you're not making a suda on the Avera. It's a wedding. No, it's not a suda on the you're not understanding what I'm saying. If you if you take your friends out and you eat chazer, that's not what we're talking about. That's a suda that is the Avera. Making a suda that I just did a big Avera, so I'm calling everyone together to make a party because of that party, because of the wedding. Now I'm inviting one else. You know, guys, I got intermarried last night. I had a wedding, Chatz I had a wedding last night. I got intermarried. Come, let's all go out to eat and celebrate that I got intermarried. Chatz Never happened, ever. They're just celebrating the intermarriage? No. The intermarriage is the wedding. That's not what he's talking about here. That a guy went out and he had Chatz and he calls his friends the next week and says, Oh, it was such a good Avera. It was so good. I'm going to make a thank you party that I did in Avera. Chatz he says, we don't, you never saw a Jew, no matter on the lowest level, celebrate an Avera. But so many times you see a Jew celebrate a mitzvah. It's true. One of the best lines I saw in the Sefer. Very, very true. It's never to give up. Never, ever to give up. So the, the lesson today is that a person has to have a moon on a Kodesh Baruch Hu, no matter what. And, the, and that the Simcha Sachayim, the Simcha Sachayim of a person comes from the Amuna that the oil that you're putting into the engine and the spark plugs you're putting into the engine need to be put in the engine. And the simcha is understanding that that is life and that is the ikr of life. And that is, that's true imuna. And that's what he says over here. The mitzvah is everything. Of course, that's very important. The true imuna is understanding this is unbelievable. This is MS. That's very important because many people we go through the we do we go through the road that we need to do, but deep down the we go through the the motions, but not the emotions. Right? We had a, a shir called, "Don't go through the motions, go through the emotions." He says, "But the the, the difference between the balchuva and the person that's born into it, the balchuva realizes what sheker is, where he came from, and what emes is. The person that's born into it." Doesn't really know what sheker is. Understand? He's born into it, but he doesn't know what the sheker is. And when you live in a world of sheker, which so many people do, and then you find the MS, that's an inner simcha, and that's the inner simcha of the Baltshuva. But Markham Shabbatshuva, I made, the place that Baltshuva stands, nobody else can stand because he came from the sheker. He came from the dimyon. He came from the fantasy world into the real world, into the MS. And therefore, he says he's willing to give up his job, he's willing to give up his money, and sometimes he has to give up his family because his children are not Jewish and his wife's not Jewish. Sometimes he has to give up everything. And I know people that have given up everything. And their simcha and their happiness is, I found the truth. And he, according to him, what he's saying here is that finding the truth is the biggest simcha. Maybe all be to find the truth in this world, the truth in ourselves, and be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and serve him not with emotions, but with the emotion. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.